So. Hey, John. What's going on? It's good to like see you. Cross-eyed, trying to look. I have two webcams next to it's each other so for separate good programs. To see you. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, man! How have you been? I'm I'm good. I'm doing well. How are you? Well, you know, I'm a little more calm now that I know this bit got figured out. Yeah. And I'm still trying to figure out which one of these I'm supposed to look at. So that's going to be really awkward looking back at it later. But we'll cross <laughs> that bridge when we get there. Yeah, that's right. Well, it is so good to be back recording together. I've missed this very much. <sighs> I have too. It did not and... help how, how scuffed the last one was for me, because I got home and all of my USB inputs decided they all didn't want to work at once, which is, uh, it's one thing when it's a keyboard and a mouse, but I was talking to Jay earlier, it's one thing when it's a keyboard, a mouse, like, two lights, uh, three webcams, a bunch of other, like, speakers, like, it was a mess, but I was able to contribute in a less than ideal way, but here we are, we're back, we're going for it. Here we are. I am Jay, and of course I've got my co-host, Mr. Fuzzy Face, and you're listening to another episode of They Didn't Ask Us. Man, this is what, what? What is this technically? Episode two of season three? It is. Man, moving on up. We are. This is it. This is the season. This is the big one. This is the one where Ross and Rachel finally, oh, maybe get together. I. So it's funny you mentioned that. I was. Um, so we're recording this on a Wednesday night, and I've talked for probably 15 months or so, how a group of friends and I have, have gone together Tuesday nights to watch movies as kind of a get us all through COVID type of thing. And last night we watched Newsies uh, because there wasn't really anything out in theaters everyone wanted to go see. So we're watching musicals. That's our wow. category right now. Okay. And so we, we wrapped that up and we were just talking a little bit afterwards. Christian and we were Bale. talking about, it was weird too, like little kid Christian Bale, he look the same as he'd like just take him and just make him like an image and just make that image bigger that was batman begins he looked the same he really did but we were uh we were talking about things that you know we didn't learn growing up things that are like ways we learned them as we grew up oh yeah and one, <laughs> one of the things was like yeah you know i learned this from friends or i learned that from friends and my dumb self was like thinking they learned it from their friends <laughs> and not the TV show. And then they're like, yeah. And then in one episode, Monica did this. And I was like, oh, you, mm, you meant the TV show. Oh, you mean those friends. Those friends. The friends that everybody had. It's true. Yep. But that is what's great about that show. And I think that's why people loved it so much was because it did feel like they were checking in on their friends every week. I guess, hence the title. Or were they friends? I hope they were friends. They hung out a lot if they weren't. Lived together. Yeah, I mean, you can live with people and not be their friend. It's what I learned in my two years in the dorm in college. That Yes. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> yeah, I can, uh, I can relate to that. Yeah, I do not talk to any of the guys that I roomed with in my dorm, so... Yeah. Fair point. Okay, John. So, usually we start out with news. Mm-hmm. Um, not... Not always, but um, this week 
what I thought would be smart is maybe not so much to talk about news, but to talk about the upcoming DC fandom, which you and I covered in um, extensive detail, I would say, last year. This year, uh, we're not going to be able to cover it because it's going to be this coming Saturday. We are recording on the 13th, so it hasn't happened yet. So just based on what you've heard, what is it that you're hoping for for this year's DC fandom? Okay, so I have been somewhat consistent on this since um, year two of the fandom was announced. There are two things that I want. The first thing that I want, I want any and all additional Gotham Knights content. Agreed. I As soon as that game gets a solid release date... I am pre-ordering it. There's no question in my mind. Give me Jason Todd gameplay. Give me Tim Drake gameplay. I'm there. Yeah. The second thing is I want a new trailer for the Batman. Those are everything other than that is it's icing on the cake, but I want the cake. Yes. You want. Yes. I can agree with both of those, especially the, a full new trailer for the new Batman featuring Robert Battenson. Battenson. Yeah. Yeah. That would uh I would I would very much appreciate that as well. Cuz really as all that we know so far is that is, he is vengeance. Well, he's a, essentially we haven't learned a whole lot of anything since Fandom last year. Like bits and pieces, but they've done yeah. a pretty good job of keeping it under wraps. Mhm. We know that it's possibly the Riddler who's going to be the main villain. The 2021 was the twos were question marks. Mm-hmm. So that that's a pretty good indication, a little hint. Yeah, other than that, I can't really think of anything. I, I don't really know if there's going to be anything new exactly. I know they're doing a send-off for Supergirl because this is her last season and... I never kept up with that show, so I can't really say anything about it. Um, I know she had the few crossovers with The Flash and Arrow, but that's the extent of my knowledge. Yeah. But other that's... than that, I don't really know. I almost feel like it's just going to be a repeat of last year because there hasn't really been much that, you know, there yeah. not much has happened in the past yeah. year. Well, I mean, other than Night- Wonder Woman 1984, the Snyder Cut, and the new Suicide Squad movie, what what DCIP has come out? I mean, they've released... The comics have done some some things. I think that's a very polite way to say that. <laughs> that's a very neutral way that's, of saying yes. that. There were comics. Uh, there are comics, I guess, technically. There are, yeah. still. Yeah. yeah. So. We've, got, we've had some new characters introduced that have taken up the mantle for a few of these uh, heroes that we've known for so long, which I think most people agree that it's some much-needed change to kind of revamp the series. Um, my biggest thing is it's got to have good writing. Yeah. That's all there is to it. Well, I mean, that's the, that's the key to creating new characters, like good characters, is flesh them out well. Because, and we learned this in... Um, the Star Wars prequels, and we've talked about this at length, is you can have the best actors, you could have the best direction, but if you have terrible writing, it sinks yeah. everything. Right. Because I don't think there's really any question, at least from, from where I am, is that the caliber of actor in the prequels, at least among the main roles, 
is higher than the caliber of either other trilogy. Yeah. Because largely, both of those other trilogies are, for the most part, largely unknown at the time. Right. Yes, that's exactly right. Yeah, for the prequels, everyone they used, they were well-known actors before they walked on set. Mm -hmm. Whereas with you're exactly right. You nailed it with the with the others. They had never seen the big screen before. Well, and if they had, it was for very minor or small roles. Yeah. Harrison Ford, me and one of them. Yeah. They, they weren't quite as, as polished, I believe is what I would say. Yes, that's fair. Yes, so DC Fandom, we will not be covering that in detail, but we will be sure to post our thoughts the stuff the videos the youtube stuff we're gonna post some of it on the facebook page so be sure to take check that out i think john might possibly try to find a way to possibly stream it is that right i i'm hoping to i haven't co-streamed an event before okay um and i know i've seen other people do it but typically when you co-stream an event you're a very large creator like you have a, a somewhat sizable following Okay. And essentially all I would be doing is I would be doing monitor capture, which is just where I stream what's on my screen. So it would be okay. me watching Fandom with people in chat. Okay, how there I you hope go. it happens. So be looking out for that. Um, if you want to follow our Facebook page, you can go to facebook.com slash they didn't ask us. That is up and running and you can hop on there and check out some stuff. Of course, there hasn't been any posts in a while so don't expect anything new we are uh, that's one of our goals this season is to be more active mm-hmm. in the social internets it's a old way old old man saying yeah i mean that's that's the learning with everything um because on if i if i grab this bit of the video um to put on our socials if you look above each of us, you have the pods links. Above me, you have the Twitter. Kind of in the middle, you have our website. And then above Jay, you have the Facebook link. And then under each of us, you have our personal Twitters. So that's the layout that I have for the video right now. Um, I don't know that that's how it's going to stay, but I wanted to have something to kick it off with. So I think this is a, this is a better jumping off point than I expected, to be honest with you. You can visit our website, they didn't ask us pod.com. We also have an Instagram, kind of the same thing. It's not really doing much right now, so don't uh, don't expect anything inspiring when you go there, but it's instagram.com slash they didn't ask us. And then of course you can email us with all your questions, comments, and concerns. They didn't ask us at gmail.com. So, John. Jay. Tell them what have you been up to? I, what have I been up to? Um, a lot of away games for Nashville SC recently. So I haven't been been going to the stadium. I have not, I have not been to an away game other than Atlanta. Okay. This year. I went to both away games at Atlanta. Um, I took, what was, I think I took August off of streaming and got back to it in September. And I'm trying to knock out every single first person Halo game before Infinite comes out. Wow, that's a that's I'm a task. To, I'm trying to play every campaign. Wow. Before Infinite because I'm so dadgum excited about Infinite. I'm a little more excited now that I've seen what the main campaign is going to be about. Yeah. It makes a little more sense to me now. Okay, so playing a lot of Halo, have you been watching anything? 
Besides your musicals? <laughs> um, last week, I went and saw No Time to Die with a friend of mine. Uh, I um, just saw that last night. I saw it with a friend because the Tuesday night movie crew, none of them had any interest in seeing it, and I'm perfectly content with that. Because I don't know about you, Jay, um, the thing that I love about the Daniel Craig Bond movies is the thing that sets them apart from the rest of the franchise, is that we talked about Friends earlier, and Friends is a sitcom in the sense where you can watch one episode of one season, and then you can watch an episode in a different season, and you kind of get the, get the gist. Like, things happened between, and there are long-term linear plots, but they are largely separate episodes. Like, you don't need to see them all to understand them. Mm-hmm. And up until Daniel Craig, the Bond movies typically were that way. Yeah. Like, things happened, but you could completely understand them without that base of knowledge. And the Daniel Craig movies have not been that. Mm -hmm. Starting with Casino Royale, ending with No Time to Die. They are one extended linear plot, and that's wonderful to me. They're not always good. Hits and misses, don't get me wrong, but I enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. So, so having not seen the other four, I wasn't about to be like, "Hey, what if we go? What if we exclusively watch the fifth act of the Shakespeare play?" No, that's not how that works. Doesn't make sense. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I um, I also saw No Time to Die just yesterday. I actually texted John this morning and said, uh, "I will admit, I may have possibly cried at the end of that movie." Oh, I'll full on admit it. I don't care. That's a thing that happened. Yeah. I was, uh, I didn't fully cry, but I did tear up. I was, it was a very good ending for that movie. I know we aren't reviewing No Time to Die this episode, but could you have done with a little bit more ending? Um, and maybe I'll... a little bit more action. I would have appreciated, I would have appreciated if that fight at the end had lasted maybe okay. a minute or two longer. Okay. But other I... than that, I think it ended perfectly. So my, my two biggest criticisms, walk-away criticisms of this movie are, I think Rami Malek plays a very flat villain, which is an insult to his abilities as an actor, and the ending feels very abrupt, hmm. because it feels like it doesn't end so much as it stops. Yeah, it does, which makes sense, given what happened. Right, and it's weird, because the movie is two hours and 45 minutes long, and I sat there, I was like, I could do with another 15 minutes to wrap this up in a bow, which is a weird, like, yes, I would like this long movie to be longer, please. I realize that's I not would, a common thought. I would have appreciated to to for them to give us an idea of where they're headed next. Yeah. But they didn't do that. At all, no. At all. The only thing after the credits was the the classic James Bond will return, which was kind of like a, we all sat in the theater, we were like, all right, I mean, let's see where this goes. Yeah. So Jay, what about you? What have, uh, what have you been up to? Oh, um, Antonio and I have slowly been watching Star Wars Visions on Disney Plus, and we both really enjoy them a lot. There's a few of them that are kind of weird and... They don't really make much sense, and we'll finish it up, and we kind of look at each other, and we're like, nah, nah. But yeah. um, there are a few of them that are very good, and so good that I would love it if they would make a trilogy of movies based off of that cartoon. Oh, yeah, there are a few of them. high praise. Yeah, there were a few of them that I was like, this is like the best thing that Lucasfilm has released in a long time. Yeah. Well, I mean, the part story of that is just had a lot of depth and really cool 
characters that I would love to see more of. Dang, I need to watch that. Yeah, so maybe um, the fans, I don't know, sometimes we shoot ourselves in the foot, but I would love to see the fans kind of praise those certain episodes and maybe Lucasfilm, Disney, kind of catch on to that and be like, hey, maybe we should explore, you know, making a trilogy that has nothing to do with anything any of the other main characters that we know so far absolutely like go to a place far away from where they've taken place so far uh other than that um i got assassin's creed odyssey oh that's a big game it is and i've been playing that and it's cool it i like it a lot because i loved origins a lot I didn't care much for Valhalla, but uh, Odyssey is very similar to Origins. Very similar. And um, it's pretty good. The only thing, the only complaint I have is it's really not an assassin game. Okay. There's really not much stealth. You really are just a mercenary fighter. Like a, a one-man army. Yeah. Okay. So... That's been my one complaint about it. Other than that, I've really enjoyed it. I think that's And then, um, recently, I've started playing Magic the Gathering. Like, online? Or do you have, like, a local group that plays? I've got got several decks of cards that I've put together. And I haven't played anybody yet, but I've learned how to play online. Okay. And it's fun. That's really cool. I like it a lot. So, Jay, when you were talking about um, Star Wars, I had a thought that I hadn't... It was it was a piece of media that I had not thought about in genuinely a decade. And I want to run it past you and see what you remember of it. Do you remember the Animatrix? I do. Yeah. In terms of concept, not in terms of execution, in terms of concept, how similar do you think those are? Like They, they're, they seem very similar to me. I would say they're very similar. Yeah. The idea that they don't have any connection to the main story. They're kind of just this off the wall creative idea. Mm -hmm. Hey, what if this? Yeah. And so I think that's part of the reason why I'm so attracted to it is because it really is just some true fans of the original content saying, hey, how cool would it be if this was the story? Yeah. And so, yeah, I really appreciate it. All right, so that's kind of our our de facto intro for this. We've got our slight news talking about fandom. We've got our updates, what we've been doing. Do you want to do you want to go and get into the meat of the episode there, Jay? Yes, I do. Let's do it. All right. So, today we're going to be talking about Venom, Let There Be Carnage. And there was <laughs> only there was only a lot. <laughs> Gosh, man. So this is one of those movies, like everything else that's come out here recently, that was supposed to come out a long time ago and kept getting pushed back. And it's hmm, directed by Andy Serkis. Which threw me when I read that. Written by Andy Serkis? You could have told me Tom Hardy was Andy Serkis in mocap and I would believe you. (laughs) At this point, like, what can't he do? Yeah, for real. Um... Because the other thing that he made here recently was he made a, uh, I almost said Jumanji, um, (laughs) Jungle Book, but he entitled, I think it was titled Mowgli. I don't know that I knew that. Hmm. 
Yeah, and uh, he was completely in charge of that, and it was um, it was different. (laughs) It was not. It was not Disney's The Jungle Book. It wasn't The Jungle Book. That's for sure. Yeah, but it was um, Mowgli, and uh, it was decent. But uh, so I was a little not nervous, but just because you know he's. I think he's a great guy, and he's uh, very creative. He's a great actor. Um, the fact that he, and, and for those of you who may not know, he is the voice and the um, hmm, body double of uh, Gollum from Lord of the Rings. So they actually, they put him, he, he was on set and pretended to be Gollum, but he wore like a suit, and then they put all this like digital stuff over him to make it look like Gollum. Mm-hmm. He was and the first most successful mocap character to me. Yes, for sure. He kind of brought it all to life. And um but he's been so any any time I mean th- this is really not a joke. Any time since Lord of the Rings where you've seen a movie that has some sort of animal or um Specifically, monkeys that are dig- all digital, all CGI. Nine times out of ten, Andy Circus is the one who actually brought that character to life on set, and then they record him separately with like this mo- mocap suit, and he put he brings the character to life in CGI. Because he was what was the character's name? Caesar. Yeah, he was Caesar. Apes? Yep. And was he was he King Kong in both the Peter Jackson and the new ones? I don't know if he was in the new ones, but he was for Peter Jackson's okay. version. And then obviously for us, um, inside of the MCU, he was Claw in yep. Age of Ultron and Black Panther. But that was him being him, not him being a digital character. <laughs> yeah, he was actually real in that one. Yes. Minus the uh, rubbery sausage arm. <laughs> that thing looked so funky. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so he, um, so he, he knows a lot about this digital stuff. So he was able to direct this because he could, I guess at this point, he's done it so much that he was able to visual, you know, visualize everything going on. And so he was able to direct these characters that on set were actually not there at all. And, uh, so that, I mean, that's a lot of talent right there. Short movie. Yeah. Short it, movie. Not even not even two hours long? It the, was like, like what, a hundred minutes or something? I'm looking now because you have me curious. The pacing of it feels really good, though. Yeah, I mean, it, it, they did well. I mean, it. Uh, people have asked me, so what did you think of the movie? What did you think of Venom, Let There Be Carnage? Eh. And every single time I go, it was a movie. That's yeah. It was it was a movie. It was a it was a it was a fun movie. I didn't hate it. I didn't exactly love it, but yeah. I enjoyed it while I was watching it. Yeah, I I completely agree. It had a the plot was made enough sense and um there was further character development. Uh total runtime is 1 hour 37 minutes. Wow. Which for uh, we just talked about there was a movie that was two hours and forty five minutes long. This felt this felt like nothing. There, there, um, there was a lot of stuff that happened in that amount of time. Mm-hmm. So, John, yes, do you think you could give them a brief summary of the plot? Um, uh, potentially. I mean, it was it was pretty basic, so we could just you know hit the high points. Yeah. Um, 
Cletus Cassidy is a death row inmate who talks he he gets somehow gets a hold of Eddie Brock who from the first movie we know is Venom um he wants Eddie to tell his story all of the details that hadn't been released yet blah 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 killer stuff um and then somehow in the midst of their interaction Cletus bites Eddie Eddie obviously has the symbiote in him Cletus doesn't know that realizes something is wrong because he knows what blood tastes like which threw me for a minute um <laughs> yeah that's uh it's a it's that, a very it's a very woody harrelson line the which, the movie is rated pg-13 but they do enough of stuff like that to make you realize okay this guy is twisted like mm-hmm. he knows what blood tastes like yeah um so he goes, they, they try to execute him and they can't because he has a symbiote in him now because he took a bite out of crime, so to speak. And <laughs> so, uh, he becomes carnage. He's much more unhinged, um, than, than Venom. He has a girlfriend, soul, soul mate. I feel like girlfriend I mean, is probably the best. He gives her a ring at the beginning. Yeah, but kids do kid things. Like they, they were, were in love, John. They were in love. Okay. <laughs> when they were children, they were in love, and they were separated um, because they were at a. What is the What is the technical thing that this place is? Um, Saint Estes Insane Home so? for Unwanted Children. Yeah, and she's sent to Ravencroft um, because she's. I mean, I feel like this was kind of their way of saying she was a mutant. She was. She was, uh, Shriek was the name that was given to her later. But she has sonic abilities, kind of like, um, it, what is her, the DC character who can scream? Silver Banshee? No. She was in Arrow, but she couldn't scream. Oh, Canary. Yes, thank you. I, I was like, I know it's, it's something. It's a two-word animal name, but... Yeah, Black Canary. Black Canary. Um, so she has that ability and then they, cause those are common. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then he breaks her carnage, breaks her out of the Ravencroft Institute. They go on a crime spree because that's what you do when you're criminals on the run and you're borderline invincible, I guess. And insane. That's, I mean, yeah, he unhinged is a insult to doors to call Cletus Cassidy unhinged. <laughs> Um, so then there's the, and all, all the while that's been going on, Venom and Eddie are having a fight. They said, and then they break up and then they realize they're better together and then they save the day. It's not that simple, but it's that simple. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. They, it, the fight starts and it's, oh, we don't know how we're going to win. We don't know what we can do. They're better than us. And then they win because it is still a superhero movie. Good must defeat evil. Yep. But anyway, So let's talk about the things that we loved and didn't love. Okay. okay. What do you want to start with? I honestly kind of want to start with didn't love. Okay. Let's start with that. The Venom Eddie breakup scene. I did not love it. It felt very abusive. <laughs> yeah, very much. Because I, I remember reading a, a Twitter headline. I didn't read the article because I was just like doom scrolling Twitter before I was going to bed. Um, but it said something about Andy Serkis said the main relationship of the film is Venom and Eddie. So I go into the movie with that as the context. And then I'm like, this is a very abusive relationship. And I did not love that because you know that they're going to get back together. Right. So it's, well, 
it just it didn't feel good. No, it didn't. What I will counter to that argument though is that he is technically a villain, so maybe it's not really supposed to feel good. I think that's fair. I think that's completely fair. So I guess to me that that begs the question of where do you draw the lines between hero, anti-hero and villain? <laughs> what was it that Venom ended up calling himself and and uh Eddie was like that's such an 80s name. I don't know that I remember The that. Vengeful Watcher or something like some, that? Yeah, it was one of those like dumb superhero phrases. Yeah. Like, no, no one says that. Or, uh, we need a cape. No, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of the things that bothered me... So, I talked about this actually with my son on the way home because... I'm a huge fan of the Spider-Man comics. Growing up, that was the comic that got me into comics, was Spider-Man. Hmm. And so, I know a lot about Spider-Man. And one of the things that is really cool about the symbiotes is that the symbiotes, whenever they're on a person and they've, they've created this symbiotic relationship, they change their form to whatever it is that the person is. So that's why when in the comics, the symbiote is on Spider-Man first. Well, the reason why Spider-Man doesn't end up looking like Venom is because the symbiote has formed with him. And so he just looks more like Spider-Man. And then when he falls off of him, he goes on Eddie Brock. Well, Eddie Brock is a meathead. He works out a lot. He's a big guy. He's a he's a hulking type of dude. And so when the symbiote falls on him, that's why he looks like Venom because he's stronger and more muscular and he's got he's more of a brawler as opposed to being this like, you know, sleek and fast and whatever. So in this movie, like we said, Venom and Eddie separate and Venom goes off and starts getting, you know, jumping onto other people so that he can form himself. But he still looks like the Venom that's with Eddie Brock. And that bothered me. And the reason for that <laughs> is because at the end of the movie, the cop who, or the, he, I guess he was a detective, mm -hmm. the detective who was working with Eddie to find um, Carnage, at the very end, he, you think he's dead, and uh -huh. his eyes open up and they're white uh -huh. and black. And so what we can assume, or what I assumed, was that a piece of Carnage, Carnage's symbiote, landed on him mm -hmm. and brought him back to life, in which case... If they're going the direction I think they are, he's going to turn into anti-venom. Okay, so... Anti-venom is black and white, and he hates symbiotes. Which is terribly ironic. Which is why he says, when he wakes up, monsters, or whatever. He's like, I gotta stop... I, he says something about monsters. And so, he's going to be hunting down these other symbiotes. But, 
that would have made more sense, and I think more people would have caught on to that if, when Venom had fallen off of him, because, like, when Venom is on his girlfriend, he looks all feminine, and he's tall and sleek, and he has all the curves and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But when he's on just the random strangers out in the street, he doesn't change at all. He just looks like his regular self. So, there we go. That's one of the things that I didn't appreciate. Okay, I think that's fair. I didn't know that about the the physical manifestation of the symbiotes. So that I think that's a really important con- context to have. Um, I will say I rabbit holed down Wikipedia links during this movie. So oh, did you? The rabbit hole that I went down is on Patrick Mulligan, the detective. The clicking his link uh, links to a character called Toxin. Toxin. So it is okay. a separate symbiotic character. Okay. It's not to say that they couldn't go the anti-venom route. It's just to say that this character, as already defined, is a separate symbiote other than anti-venom, venom, or carnage. Okay, so that would make sense too. It, it, I mean, that makes more sense than than my theory, just because I don't feel like the universe is established enough to bring in a anti-venom yet. The yet. Sony Pictures universe of Marvel characters. <laughs> It's the worst acronym, man. Spunk. It's so bad. <laughs> I I did hear recently they changed it. I don't know what they changed it to. It doesn't matter what they changed it to. It's something better. <laughs> it. Oh my gosh! It's so it's so bad. It, it is. It is bad. <laughs> oh man. So what? Um, do you have other dislikes? Other dislikes. Um, I didn't like that they killed off Carnage. I think that's Or I, I guess they didn't... Miss, I mean, I guess Carnage could come back, but they... Um, I mean, not really, though. I mean, especially if they're, you know, if they're staying true to the, the symbiotic relationship mm-hmm. stuff, then he is gone. I mean, Venom eats him. Is, I did like that. He ate he? him and was like, he tasted terrible. <laughs> is he gone, Jay? Is he? Because question. it leads into really, and I'll be honest with you, there are people who love Venom, like Venom Venom is their favorite character, all of that, and they have a different perspective on this movie than I do. My perspective on this movie is, I would recommend every Marvel fan sit down and watch this movie exclusively for the mid credit scene. Yes, because I agree. Because what happens is, I don't know how he does it, but he multiverse shifts the Tom Hardy, Eddie Brock Venom now exists in the timeline of the Tom Holland Spider-Man. Yep. It's, and it's the single most lasting impact of this movie, easily. My my guess is either that takes place in the next Spider-Man movie, or it takes place because of the multiverse of madness. Oh, I hadn't thought about that. That That's those, my, those both make sense. Yeah. It's gotta be one of one of those. And I'm leaning more towards Multiverse of Madness, mainly because of how the universe changed. Did you notice that? Um, Not memorably. I feel like I was too caught up in the moment to go super, super big picture. Okay. So, for those of you that are still listening, um, I might put a time code in here, just because this is a major spoiler. I mean, it's probably already been spoiled somewhere online. Of um, course. Luckily, I didn't see it until... Um, I saw it in the theaters, but it's the, they, they end up going to a beach, Venom and Eddie, and, um, it's a reference to, it's a callback to something that Venom says earlier in the movie, 
And so they go to the beach and they're enjoying the beach. And then they're in their hotel room and Eddie is asking about life on other planets and is like, can you give me a glimpse into what that looks like? And so Venom warns him and is and says it would blow your tiny little mind, which is fair. even just a fraction of what I could show you. And Eddie's like, no, show me, man. I'm, I'm, I want to know. <laughs> I can take it. And so he's about to show him. And then if you have seen WandaVision, the way that the universe changes, it starts on one side of the screen and it shifts across the screen, but it has that digital video look when it shifts and the room suddenly looks different. Okay. And it's daytime. It was nighttime. Now it's daytime. I think I may have made that part up. And on the TV is Peter Parker, Mm -hmm. Tom Holland, the Tom Holland one. Yeah. And James Jonah Jameson is saying public enemy. Number one, the menace that we need to stop. And so Venom, who has declared himself the vengeful protector, stands up and looks at the screen and licks the screen and then goes, that guy. That's who we're going after. Meaning, that's who we're going after next. Mm -hmm. And so they now exist in the same universe. But I'm leaning more towards Multiverse of Madness. Something must happen in that movie that brings all the universes into one universe. I don't think it goes that far only because i don't think you wait i don't think you skip the opportunity of no way home to go into the next to to you don't think you skip no way home to go to multiverse of madness yeah i think whatever strange does that brings us the willem dafoe goblin the alfred molina doc ock i think that brings venom into the fold as well because the the common thought at least i would think is all of the Sony Pictures characters exist in the same universe. So Spider-Man exists in the same New York that Venom exists in San Francisco. So all they did was they pulled all of those characters. And Jay, I saw a theory floating around Twitter this week. I'm not creative enough to come up with it on my own, but I do want to run it past you. (laughs) Okay. What if the No Way Home subtitle does not refer to Tom Holland? But these other characters... What if it refers to the other characters in addition to the rumored appearances of Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield? Hmm. Because if you think about it, when the MCU did their Spider-Man movies, they don't have redundant villains. They have villains that hadn't been done before. Mm Mm-hmm. So this could be the big, like the long-term big picture play of the Sinister Six. Okay. See, that's something else I was thinking, too, was, is this their way of doing Sinister Six? Because we've even seen, just in the Morbius trailer alone, Vulture is there with Morbius, and this would explain why. Mm -hmm. And so is he kind of bringing him on board, like, hey, we're creating this team. If that has been the play from the Sam Raimi Spider-Man in 2003, I'm going to be wildly impressed. I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm already very impressed. But, <laughs> yeah, if this has been know. conceptualized for twenty years, that's it's game changing from a from a media perspective. Yeah. Hmm. So I just think that's a fun little nugget to think on until No Way Home comes out. Yeah. Is what if these characters all now have to coexist? Theories are fun when they can actually 
hold some water. So our boats, R.I.P. Titanic. Too soon? <laughs> <laughs> so Venom, um, let's rate it. Um, I don't know how to custom scale this, honestly. On a scale of 1 to 10 symbiotes. <laughs> uh, or on a, a scale of 1 to 10 tentacles coming out Ugh. of carnage. On a scale of 1 to 10 tentacles. <laughs> Gosh. Um, I would probably give it like a six and a half, seven, because it's not bad. It's yeah. just not good. Yeah. It, it, it is, is an average movie. movie. Yeah. And I feel no about it that. the same way I felt about Solo. Really? Yeah, because like Solo, I really didn't care for. It was one of those movies I didn't ask for. Like, I didn't care. I would, I would say I think less of Solo on average. Oh, really? Because the only, the only thing that buoys Solo is Donald Glover. Yes. The rest of the movie yeah. is okay at best. Yeah. So that movie, it's like a five that gets bumped to a six, six and a half because Donald Glover is incredible. This movie does say, not have Donald Glover. I'm going to put Venom at a six. Uh, Venom, Let There Be Carnage at a six. I would rate it lower, except that because of the connection that it's going to play with the rest of the yes. MCU plot, that's why it needs a little bit more. But honestly, this one and the first one, it felt exactly the same. How long was the first one? Because now I wonder how feasible a double feature is. I mean, I think it, it can very easily be done. Uh, sequel to Venom. Uh, the first one is 112 minutes. So 112 plus 97 gets you right at about 210 minutes, which is three and a half hours. Which for a double feature is very doable. Yeah, that can be done. Yeah. So well, check it out. I think based on, because we average a six and a half, right? You gave it a six. I think I gave it a seven. Yep. I would say that's that's probably a wait till it's streaming if you yeah. listen to all of our spoilers and haven't seen it yet. <laughs> yeah. Just don't search it out, but maybe wait till it hits a hits a streaming. Yeah, but it, I mean, if you didn't, yeah, I mean, just, you know, I guess for everybody that didn't see Venom, Let There Be Carnage, when he does show up, everybody will be like, what? How'd that happen? Yeah. Well, at the same time, though, if all these multiverses are merging together, I guess it it would make sense. It's like, oh, okay. There's the Spump universe. Stop. <laughs> Just all over the place, man. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get out of here. So, um... John, what are you looking forward to? What am I looking forward to, Jay? Um, I'm worried about how excited I am for Dune. Okay. <laughs> I wondered if you were going to mention that or not. I'm so concerned because it looks like the cast of this movie is incredible. The visuals of this movie look incredible. This movie has to be terrible. There's no other explanation. <laughs> There's no way it's going to be that good, right? I don't know. I don't know. I'm one... I. So I'm in the same boat with you. I am getting increasingly excited, more excited for uh -huh. this movie. And uh, I think I, I told you the other day, I'm kind of hoping that it turns into like the next like Star Wars and that these are the movies that we start looking forward to like every year or so. Like, I... oh, hey, another Dune movie's coming out. I hate to rain on the parade um, because the Dune movies are book adaptations right and the first book from i haven't read any of them because i don't 
read books as an adult. It's a wild personality flaw that I have. Um, but the first book is incredible. It's very well balanced. It's very well written. And that is not the case with subsequent books. Oh, that's upsetting. Yes. That's, that's the reaction that from people I know who have read them, they say you want them to be good and they do not reach your expectation. Well, maybe it'll be one of those rare instances where the movies are better than the book. It's incredibly possible. I do know that I tried to read the book. Um, I would say it was probably three years ago. I decided to, I was really wanting to get into some new story. And so I decided to try out Dune, try to read it. I got about three or four chapters into it and it is so boring and so detailed that I just couldn't do it. I was like, nope, I'm sorry, I'm done. You gave it the old college try. I did. Isn't that isn't that the phrase our parents used? Yep. <laughs> I I tried. I pushed as hard as I could. I pushed through, but it was just too much. I think outside of that, um, kind of longer term, everything I'm excited for is really December because Hawkeye is around Thanksgiving, which will go into December. No Way Home is December. Uh, Halo Infinite is December, and then I saw on Twitter today, Witcher season two release date is December. Okay, so so. That's uh, just get me to December. <laughs> just get it, get us to December. All right. Well, in the meantime, we've got plenty to review. Absolutely. Some older movies. Um, we're gonna plan on reviewing Shang Chi once it's streaming on Disney Plus, which will be pretty soon. The middle middle and of November. Then we've got some other things to review as well to fill our time before we get to December. All right. Sounds good. Yeah, I'm I'm excited. I'm glad to be back. Me too. Me too. This has been much needed for not just ourselves, but the rest of the world. Dead, you're right. You're, you're welcome, world. <laughs> <laughs> They've missed us so That's much. Awesome. You know that. You know they have. How did the world feel oh, before like, we had oh, a Twitter gosh, account finally, as a podcast? Man, we don't have to look at all this negative stuff on the news all the time. We can laugh and... Have fun with John and Jay. <laughs> well, um, we will be back in two weeks. Well, uh, we will see you then, and until then, um, nerd out.